Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Wednesday morning, not a bad Wednesday morning. But it'll get cooler over the next couple of days, then later in the weekend and towards early next week, we'll be back in the 40s. So, again, it's March, and it can change in a hurry. Good morning, Bob and Joe, this morning as we do the chores on this Wednesday morning at Waxwork. About 23 degrees right now, and most everybody is uh, in the 20s across Wisconsin. So, not a lot of variation as far as temperatures are concerned. Big report coming out today from the USDA, the uh, March World Agriculture Supply and Demand Estimates Report. And with what's going on over in Ukraine, I don't know how they're going to handle this. It'll be interesting to see how many numbers they really do move around because they can't ship crops out of there. And wheat especially has really got the markets fluctuating wildly as we uh, watch these markets go in. But we've got a lot of other farm news to take a look at this morning and take a look at our markets as well. What's the calf count at home now? We're up to seven. You're up to seven. All right. Three yesterday. It was a good day for calves to be born, though. Yeah, it really was. And, uh, well, they can hold off a little bit. Next week it'll be nice by, oh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. It's going to be in the 40s. And so this is a year you were telling me on the farm that uh, every year you name the calves starting with a, a different letter of the alphabet, and this year it's K, huh? This year it's K. Yesterday we had Katie, Kenny, and Kendra. <laughs> so two girls and a boy, huh? Yep. All right. So uh, you got a whole bunch of K names written down, or are you looking for help? Well, we might be looking for some help yet. So okay. far we've got Carl, Calvin, and... I don't even know what the other one is named. <laughs> so there you go. 2022, they're all going to be keys as we go forward. But as we said, we've got lots going on as far as that report coming up. And uh, also, uh, some words, we terms we haven't used in a few years back in the news and cheese production. Where are we going with cheese production? So we've got lots to do this morning, including looking at our weather forecast, which is kind of quiet, and weather brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Marquardt Motors would like to thank their valued and loyal customers, their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Marquardt Motors the largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. Congratulations, and obviously there's a reason for that. They do a good job at Marquardt. Well, today, probably low 20s. That's where we are right now, 23. Don't expect it to warm up. Partly sunny and breezy. Tomorrow, about 23. Friday, about 19 for the high, and maybe some snow flurries. Not much more than that, so there's no going to be any problem getting around just going to be a little cooler then it'll start to warm up back into the mid-20s on saturday 40s on sunday monday and tuesday about 48 on tuesday right now as we said we're about 23 out there 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, 23 degrees out there. Everybody's pretty much in the 20s this morning, and that's where we'll stay all day today on a Wednesday morning at Wax. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX. So, Claire, let's find out what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Vice President Harris is headed to Europe today amid a growing humanitarian crisis. She'll stop in Poland first to thank that country for taking in most of the refugees from Ukraine. More than 2 million people have escaped since Russia invaded 14 days ago. Harris will likely also discuss Poland's offer to supply fighter jets to Ukraine. The U.S. rejected that but is sending two Patriot anti-missile batteries to Poland. The chairman of the House Intelligence Committee says Russian President Vladimir Putin has been wrong in a lot of his expectations. Uh, This was a brutal and naked act of aggression. California Democrat Adam Schiff told reporters Putin underestimated the will of the Ukrainian people and the Western response to the invasion of Russia's neighbor. He said he hopes the American people understand the impact of Russia's actions on global oil markets. More people in Ukraine are getting another chance to safely evacuate today. Russia agreed to stop firing to provide humanitarian corridors out of the capital and four other cities. Ukraine's president again vowing he won't surrender, saying they'll defend the country at any cost. More than 20,000 volunteers from 52 countries have now joined the fight and can also apply for Ukrainian citizenship. A tentative agreement has been reached between lawyers for victims of the Surfside, Florida condo collapse. Brian Shook has details. The agreement is between those who have a property claim and those who have a wrongful death or personal injury claim. It creates an $83 million common fund to compensate unit owners for their condominiums. Unit owners will be relieved from any liability for injury and wrongful death claims. I'm Brian Shook. And more people are suing Family Dollar after a distribution center was infested with dead rats. Lawsuits have been filed in Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, and Missouri. Those are the states where 400 stores were shut down amid a recall of products that might have been contaminated. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Can you believe it? He didn't say a word about Aaron Rodgers. What's the matter with him? we got to figure out what's important in this world, huh? Three minutes after five, weather, markets, a whole lot more coming up. We'll talk to uh, Brad Matson or Provision Partners, give you a little update on what's going on with seed supplies and uh, proper seed placement. So a lot to do this morning. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at our weather forecast quickly. And for those of you that are going to be heading east to Green Bay and Omenominee, Nielsville, Joe, you're looking it up. Other schools in our area, I haven't uh, seen the complete list because uh, I didn't uh, miss part of it over the weekend. I was tied up. But I know Menominee and uh, Nielsville are in the tournament for girls. Yep, I see Menominee, Nielsville, St. Croix Falls, McDonald Catholic. Okay, Chippewa, okay. Are heading over to Green Bay. All right, so the trip over there and coming back with your gold trophies shouldn't be a problem because today we've got partly sunny and breezy high 20s. Tomorrow on Thursday, partly sunny, 23, maybe a few flurries on Friday, but you should already be there by then, about 19, and then over the weekend, not bad. Saturday, mostly sunny. It'll be in the mid-20s and then uh, 40s. Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And good luck to all the young ladies from those schools we just mentioned. Menominee, Nielsville, St. Croix Central, St. Croix Falls. Who was it? St. Croix Falls. St. Croix Falls and, and Chippewa Mc- Falls McDonald. Yep. 
All right. So good luck to all those young ladies over there. And if you're going over there, travel safely. Medford's 22 right now. Rice Lake, 24, 25. And Wausau, 24. And Marshfield across 26. 28 in Green Bay, Madison, Sun Prairie at 25, Milwaukee at 28, 23 here in Eau Claire. So as you said, everybody's in the 20s, and that's the way it's going to be today. We'll take a look at more numbers. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I love tournament time in Wisconsin for all the state meets that are going on, starting with swimming and wrestling and basketball and hockey and everything else. So, And again, congratulations to Rice Lake for winning the state hockey division two. What a great game. I watched that game, and it was really fun to watch. So tournament time in Wisconsin, it's the best time. And uh, obviously, it's normally a time when we (laughs) get a lot of snow. But not this year, at least for the girls. And next week for the boys, Tuesday, 48. So looks like it's uh, not going to be too bad. All right, Joe. Markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Livestock numbers. Choice fed beef steers are 133 to 143, with mixed at 112 to 132. Choice fed beef heifers are 132 to 140 with mixed at 90 to 131. Choice fed Holstein steers are 119 to 131 with selects at 84 to 118. Cows are 55 to 73 with a top of 89. Bulls are 75 to 102. Butcher hogs are 62 to 73. Sows are 56 to 70 and a half. Boars are 20 to 29. New crop market lambs are 2 to 225. Old crop market lambs are 130 to $2. And feeder lambs are 180 to 350. I know you didn't watch the state hockey tournament, but uh, the Rice Lake boys, they were in it and they won it. Beat Fond du Lac St. Mary Springs, who had won it the last two years. So uh, the Rice Lake boys, they all dyed their hair blonde. They were all blonde. And it was kind of fun to see. That's kind of cool. It really shows team effort and team continuity, right? Absolutely. So it was fun to watch, Rice Lake, and what a good game, too. Really was a good one. All right, let's take a look at the rest of our markets. I guess that's what we're here to do. And uh, cattle and hog markets on the futures were all higher yesterday. April live cattle, one thirty nine oh five up a dollar fifteen. June at one thirty five forty five up a dollar fifty two. August one thirty six forty seven up a dollar seventeen. In October at one forty three seventy two, that was up seventy seven. Looking at the feeder cattle, April one sixty thirty two up sixty five, May one sixty six thirty up a dollar forty, August feeder cattle one seventy nine forty up a dollar thirty, September one eighty two twenty seven up a dollar fifteen. Hogs higher as well. April lean hog carcass contracts closed at one hundred two ninety two up two sixty five. May at one hundred eight twenty two up three fifteen. June one fourteen sixty seven up three sixty seven. July hogs one thirteen eighty two up three ninety five. Board of trade continues to be a wild ride. Wheat down yesterday with the shipping problems is uh, again 
They can't ship out of Ukraine and Russia. And, uh, of course, with the shipping challenges we have, how are we going to get it out of here, too? So that took the prices down a little bit. Corn and beans also under pressure from wheat. And uh, let's look out to the July contract, shall we? Is get a peek at the future. Overnight, July corn down four cents, sitting at seven twenty-two a bushel this morning. The oats at five eighty-nine. July wheat down thirty-four cents overnight, sitting at eleven sixty-one. Soybeans for July went the other direction, up twenty-six cents, sixteen eighty-two. So after the down day yesterday, bounced back a little bit overnight. And bean meal for July up seven sixty a ton at four sixty-eight twenty. Dairy markets continue to hum right along. These prices we haven't seen in a long time. Barrel cheese up four and a quarter at two oh seven. The blocks up six at two twenty-two and a quarter. Butter up four and a quarter at two seventy-six and a half. Class three March up eight at twenty-two sixty-nine. Then we're into twenty-four dollar milk for the next four months. April twenty-four fifty-five, May twenty-four sixty-five, June twenty-four forty-three, July twenty-four fifteen. As those prices were all uh, nicely higher, over a half a dollar higher for most of those months. Prices were higher for Class Three milk out through uh, next February at least. Twelve minutes after five, and boy, the weather next week warming up. Forty-eight degrees. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again this morning, we're going to talk agronomy cropping with Brad Matson. Brad, of course, lead agronomist with Provision Partners Cooperative with headquarters in central and western Wisconsin. And Brad, we've been talking for the last few months about uh, availability of uh, farm inputs. We've been talking about chemicals. We've been talking about fertilizer. But what about seed? Are we uh, running short in any areas that you know of? There's been a lot of substitutions, even stuff that people had ordered early this year. We're seeing substitutions. Uh, some of the quality factors didn't turn out. There was, uh, in the western side where they had some uh, weather issues, there was uh, supply wasn't quite what it is. So, um, yeah, there's some seeds that have been sold out for a while. Some are substituted. Some are not available anymore. So it's really getting to be a challenge. So it just adds to the fact that uh, 2022 is the year of the shortage. Uh, so the uh, nothing surprising. Nothing surprising me anymore right now, Bob. Is this across the board? Corn, beans, wheat, uh, forages, grasses, or specific areas of concern? Um, a lot of our shorter day varieties, especially, are are are, are hit um, due to the weather weather problems in, in western Minnesota last year where a lot of the short day varieties are grown. The longer day stuff is not quite as bad because a lot of that was grown down south and they didn't have the weather concerns. But both corn and soybeans, uh, wheat varieties, are a lot of them are all sold out already and those types of things. So, um, uh, yeah, it's kind of across the board, not even one company or the other. So it's... it's uh, uh, all through different suppliers, those types of things. That puts more importance, of course, on making sure when we get into planting, we do it right. Give us some tips on seed placement, uh, seed numbers, some of the things that we're going to have to maximize to be most efficient this year. Well, you know, the question I always get when I'm talking to a producer and stuff, and, and a lot of our agronomists are saying the same thing, I want what's your best variety? Well, you know, they wouldn't be out there if they weren't good. They perform, but they import. You know, they they perform in their best environment. So, this is seed selection is really one of the key things for uh, working with your agronomist to who 
spends a lot of time. We all spend a lot of time and look at a lot of information on, and where does that seed perform? You know, is it because it makes a difference whether it's no-till or, or conventional till, whether it's a, a heavy ground or light ground or high management, low management, those types of things, um, whether it's, a, you know, a highly variable soil, uh, those types of things. So all the varieties are very good. And, you know, you look at the past uh, corn grower champs and, Francis Childs back in the uh, late 90s and early 2000, you know, he could get 250, 275 bushels out of any variety of corn on his operation. So his management overcame some of the challenges of even the variety. But then again, he was getting 400 bushels out of the best ones. So, you know, there is varietal difference, but placement is really where you can make the most money off the varieties you're you're planting. Understanding what those varieties, some like 33, 34,000 populations. Other ones do fantastic in the upper 20s or whatever. So understanding those factors, disease packages are huge. If you've got anthracnose, you want to make sure you pick a variety that's got anthracnose resistance out there because that can really take a lot of yield. And, and if you don't have that resistance and that stays around in the soil a while, that can really raise havoc with your yields and those types of things. So seed is really a... People think it's simple to a certain, just go out and buy the most expensive or the newest technology, uh, but that's far from the truth, and it's really where you can utilize the expertise of your agronomist in, in seed selection. And so, again, as we uh, get close to the season, you know, the problem is, or the challenge, I guess, we've got uh, most of our seed uh, booked in for the year, but your agronomist can help you put it in the right place, in the right atmosphere, in the right environment, right? And that's the case because a lot of times, you know, the agronomist is spending a lot of time in, in the recommendations he gives the producer. Then the stuff gets in the uh, in the shed, and then what's ever handy is the first thing you grab. So working with your agronomist to like a plan, and then you in implementing that plan, putting it on the on the farms and the fields that's where it's recommended is where you're going to see a, a great return. And with these grain prices right now, you want to maximize every bushel and, and every dollar that you can out of that genetic potential that you have in that bag. Right, and so call your provision partner's agronomist and make sure you've got that plan in place. It's going to maximize all the seed you're buying. Hey, Brad, uh, appreciate it again. We'll talk to you next week. All right, you have a good one, Bob. There he goes. Brad Matson, lead agronomist with Provision Partners Cooperative. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's take a look at some of our farm news this morning here on Wax. Jill, a big report coming out today. Yeah, today's USDA Crop Production and Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates Report will be watched closely because of the situation in Ukraine which is the world's fourth largest corn exporter. That will make it harder for economists to accurately predict the future, but it does seem they will lower ending corn stocks in today's report. A Dow Jones survey of leading market analysts shows U.S. ending corn stocks will fall from 1.54 billion bushels in the February report down to about 1.47 billion in the March estimates. U.S. corn exports as well as ethanol production and inventories are wild cards in today's numbers. The soybean numbers are also expected to be questioned, as traders think U.S. ending stocks will fall from 325 million bushels in February to around 207 million, 70 million in today's report, influenced the most by the continued 
continuing drought in South America, which is causing more demand on the U.S. beans around the world. If we can get them shipped out. So that report comes out about uh, about 11 o'clock our time, noon Eastern time. All right, coming up, World Cheese Championships. Our buddy Aaron Zimmerman had a chance to talk to uh, some Swiss folks. We'll hear what he had to say next on WAC. And I stand corrected. Our conversation today is going to be with Jennifer Blasick with the uh, Farm and Industry Short Course. Of course, we've told you earlier that there are some big changes coming. And so uh, that course is going to be changing. Our students that have been down there about ready to leave campus, this is going to be the last class that's on campus. And it's uh, got a lot of people upset. Let's find out more right now. About two weeks ago, lots of folks around the state got some news that kind of shocked them. Bob Oshel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. We're referring to the news that the farm and industry short course is going to be dramatically different after the uh, students leave campus here in just a matter of a couple of days, probably the end of this week. And Pam, you got a chance to talk to the people that are in charge. What exactly is going on and why? Yeah, you're right, Bob. It's been catching ripples across Wisconsin agriculture. What they have announced is that at the end of this term, which is going to be coming up on the 14th, uh, they are going to pivot from accredited program to non-credited programs. Uh, they are also going to remove the residential side of farm and industry short course. Uh, that very important component where those folks from across the state came together on campus, lived basically in one spot and got to know each other, that will be going away. And reaction has been uh, pretty swift. Got a chance to visit about it with Jennifer Blazik. She's the director of the Farm and Industry Short Course. She's staying in place, but like we said, a lot of the other elements are changing. Uh, Instead of just focusing on the upcoming change, I wanted to start off by focusing in on the current student body that Jennifer's been working with and those that will be graduating soon. Yeah, so it's been a really good group. Uh, You know, we came right out of the COVID pandemic, and so I was a little worried, you know, interest. I wasn't able to attend some trade shows and things, but we had a really, um, and they're a really passionate group. So we have 37 students who started the year with us. Um, We didn't have as many, we didn't have any international students because of pandemic rules and things, but uh, we have a couple out of state and then mostly from Wisconsin. Um, We have students from all over the spectrums, employees, working on farms to the majority, as it always has been in Fisk, is, you know, going back to the farm. And uh, we actually have two students who are thinking of going on for an undergrad at UW-Madison because, you know, they got that ex- that confidence and experience here that they're like, hey, I can do this. This is cool. So it's just been really fun having them and getting to know them and having them back on campus. That's what I was excited about this year is last year we were virtual and, um, you know, you'd miss out on a lot of those hallway conversations and things that I, I really appreciate. And so it was it was great having them back on campus and their energy. Just in case people aren't familiar with uh, FISC and what it what, you know, really audience it serves, help them understand what the impetus of the farm and industry short course was over 100 years when it started. Yeah, so it really was to get education to uh, farmers who needed it. And so it's, um, uh, it's, it's from the day one. It's always been to target it at people, to farmers who are working the land, um, people in agriculture who can't do a fu- full year, you know, of um, September through May because uh, it runs into the growing seasons. And so it's really been targeted at that. And over years, it's been tar- – it's. Uh, attracted more beginning, I would say younger farmers, so people right out of high school, um, and that's who we've mostly been reaching um, in the and since, definitely since I've been, but even before when I joined uh, Fisk in 2018. And so it's really a lot of un, um, 
right out of high school, you know, young, young agriculturalists who are ready to go. And then it's changed. So we always have had farm kids, I would say, you know, quote-unquote farm kids as our bread and butter, but we've seen a lot more students who are non-traditional students. They're like, hey, agriculture is for me. I don't know anything. This is a great program because it gets me the experience and the knowledge, and then I can go out into the industry, and it gives me those networks of where to go for a job. Um, also, older adults who are interested in FISC, um, who are like, hey, I'm changing my career, and this is a great program because it's short. Um, the challenge is, of course, on campus, and if they have commitments with family or work. But, yeah, so it's definitely been from day one that, you know, the younger people who are ready to start their career in agriculture, and uh, especially in production agriculture, that's been the big group. So the announcement has been made that uh, beginning as of March 12th, the Farm and Industry Short Course is going to make some fairly dramatic changes. Jennifer, explain what those changes are and what you're excited about as far as those changes. Yes, so as much of agriculture industry and, and things over the years, right, we're, we're evolving to the next stage. Um, so what's happening is we're moving away from that residential 16-week program and into more of the non-credit space and more flexible learning options. And so things like shorter short courses or online or but not giving up that in person because we know just how important it is for students to get here on campus, you know, not only meet with faculty and staff here in Cal's, but also to get that hands-on experience. So that will definitely be a piece going forward. It's just now I have the flexibility to offer things beyond that tied to the four credit certificate residential program. So it's actually going to become, FISC is going to be wider and bigger because we'll be able to do a bunch of different options for students and more targeted to their needs. Uh, there, it's more of potentially a la carte option instead of, hey, you have to take X number of required courses, and if you don't like them, sorry, but that's part of how you get your certificate. So it's definitely going to be a lot more flexible based on students' needs and, and still holding true to what we've always done in FISC, which is that hands-on, applied, and you know, connecting people to the campus. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and the flexibility that it'll give me. Um, you know, I have had a lot of ideas over the last four years, and it's really hard to implement those in a very strict for-credit model. So I'm really excited about being able to reach, you know, more non-traditional students or some of my students who are very advanced, giving them the courses that they need because we weren't able to do that um, when we had to go through curriculum process and, you know, all of that, those rules and regulations. So it's really exciting just to be able to offer that flexibility while maintaining what we all know and love of FISC, which is that hands-on applied and really meeting the needs and staying um, relevant to the industry. So what have the students said, Jennifer? They kind of heard about it just recently. What have they been saying? Yeah, so it's it's a very tough decision, and I and I know that the timing is is not ideal, right? There's no good time to communicate this kind of change to anyone or to any time, and so I really feel for them. They it's been uh, a mix of emotions. I think some recognize that you know just like in agriculture, you know when we had really low milk prices, you know what is a business to do if there's no income coming in? So I think they recognize that to a certain level because they've experienced it. They've seen their neighbors have to sell out. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're really committed and passionate about the program, and and they're really enthusiastic because uh, for most of them, it's given them a lot of confidence that they had not had before in themselves and also in their careers. But And also the opportunity, many of them said, this gave me an opportunity to excel where I fit in and that I haven't had that in high school or other opportunities. And I've, like we were talking before, I've gotten to know them really well this year, over the four years, too, the other students, that's one of the key 
things that keeps me going and my passion is working with these students. And so um, I definitely feel for them. They're, they're upset. Um, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's a grieving process. There's some, the residential is such a key piece of their experience of FISC that um, in their lives, especially, you know, when they're young and uh, they're just growing into themselves. And again, that's Jennifer Blazek, who's in charge of the Farm and Industry Short Course. And all I can say is, what a shame. What a shame that they had to make a decision like that and that they did make a decision like that to be so drastically changing that program. These classes, now you can sign on like correspondence courses, no accreditation. Otherwise, you had a two-year degree from the Farm Industry Short Course that uh, gave you something to put on a resume. Now, that's all gone. And again... I feel sorry for the students that are going to be leaving campus here at the end of this week. They've just sit the 136 years all done. And not just this semester, not just this term. It's 136 years all done. And, uh, again, between that and uh, what they've done with extension and some of the other things, you know, as, as I said before, it's uh, unfortunate what's going on at the University of Madison. I'm kind of reluctant to call it the University of Wisconsin anymore, and I know somebody's going to call me and chew me out for that, but uh, that's that's the way it feels down there, that, uh, you know, what's going on around the state, not as important as what's going on in Madison. But that's my opinion, and uh, not necessarily the opinion of the uh, owners or whatever they always say. So that's uh, what we'll say as far as uh, the credits that's my thought. We'll find Rocky's thoughts next over at Premier Livestock and Withy as we take a look at market news. Brought to you by Chili Implement in Chile. Want a little drill with a big field performance? Chili Implement has Great Plains compact drills like the 606, 1006, and the 1206 NT in stock to help you with food plots, pasture renovations, food production, and more. Available in 6, 10, and 12-foot sizes, these durable drills are ready to tackle the toughest no-till conditions with accurate seating. If you're looking for small drill versatility and the productivity of a larger drill, visit Chili Implement today and ask about the Great Plains line of compact drills. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, brought to you by Chili Implement right uh, down the road from Premier Livestock. Let's get over and talk to Rocky over there. Well, how many horses did you buy last Friday? Uh, that would be zero. That would be zero. Huh? You didn't buy one that would get you to town? Nope, nope. I like my pickup truck. <laughs> well, it might feel pretty good today. Mid-20s, a little breezy out there, but uh, I, I would assume you had a, a big crowd, a lot of whiskers and hats. We did. Yeah, I don't venture to know how many people we had there, but yeah, it was uh, pretty impressive. Right, and the lot's filling up with machinery? We are. We'll talk about that when we get into it, All but right. we, are, we are full. All full. right, well, get into it. What's going on over there to premiere so far? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how uh, the week is shaping up so far here at Premier Livestock. Fed cattle sold steady to a little lower this week. High choice and prime Holstein steers one twenty one to one thirty one. Selects a dollar eight to a dollar twenty. Choice beef steers and heifers one twenty five to one thirty nine fifty. Market cows traded steady. High yielding heavyweight cows from sixty nine all the way up to ninety three. Most cows traded from fifty four to sixty eight. Market bulls high yielding ninety one to a dollar eight. Lower yielding. 99 
being down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. Most cows seventy five to a dollar. We had a few uh, high yielding cows from a dollar one to a dollar twelve. Low yielding cows lightweight seventy and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves continue good demand, mostly from a hundred to two hundred and five. Beef calves one fifty to three fifty five. Holstein heifer calves ten to forty. Uh, today Wednesday we got our hay auction at nine thirty. Dairy cattle auction at eleven. We're expecting over five hundred head of dairy cattle today. Several top loads of reputation parlor freestall cows. We got a fancy uh, uh, load of uh, tie stall cows. We have a small Ayrshire dispersal. Uh, many of them being registered. Uh, we also have a big short notice herd dispersal. We're going to have three hundred Holstein parlor freestall cows, seventy eight pound average on two x two hundred on the cell count. Lots and lots of young fancy uh, cows in that herd. We got over a hundred springing cows and heifers. Uh, don't forget uh, next week's special feeder cattle auction, bread stock cow auction is going to be Tuesday. Then Wednesday, dairy cattle auction. We have four herds next week, uh, going to be three herds of certified organic dairy cows. Machinery auction, like we said at the top, March 25th. Guys, we appreciate all the business. We don't really like saying that, but we are full. We cannot fit anything more in the lot. Uh, we really appreciate if you help spread the word. Uh, like I said, uh, we're having a hard time as it is, and we cannot take any more consignments. Uh, we do thank you for the overwhelming response. Uh, like I said, due to that week, uh, March 23rd, hay auction, regular every week hay auction. We will not have a hay auction on the 23rd of March due to the machinery auction. Questions? Give us a call at Premier 715-229-2500. Check our website, premierlivestockandauctions.com. And Bob, that's the way it shaped up. Well, that's uh, quite a problem to have. You got Is it all uh, power equipment or you got some horse-drawn equipment or is it all... We, we got everything but horse-drawn equipment. Okay. All right. But I don't think there's anything you're looking for that we would not have. All right. Sounds good. All right, Rocky, we'll talk more about that. It gets a little closer. Have a good okay. one. Thank you, Bob. There he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Well, let's find out about our weather, shall we? 26 minutes before 6 o'clock. And brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. Let's get over to Skywarn 13. Mike Dandry is up and at him. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How we doing? Good, good, good. Well, it's going to be kind of easy. I was talking earlier about uh, folks going over to Green Bay for the girls' basketball tournament uh, starting, what, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No problems. It doesn't look like you're on 29 and go. Yeah, so basically, I mean, we, we'll stay dry, really, for the next couple of days. I mean, we have some flurries out there right now, but those are very short-lived, very weak. But going to be cold, though, not really warming up too much today. In fact, only getting to about the low to mid-20s, but we'll have some intervals of clouds and sun here and there. Later tonight, we'll clear out, but winds will calm down, and that'll make it uh, even colder tonight, getting to about the mid-single digits. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, but that sun's not really going to do too much. Only warming us up again to about the mid uh, 20s and then Thursday night some clouds starting to move in and uh, lows dipping to around the mid-teens mostly but Friday probably going to be our coldest day now we'll have partly to mostly cloudy conditions and some flurries possible as well temperatures only warming up to about the upper teens and low 20s Friday night that's when it gets really cold partly cloudy conditions and temperatures right around the zero degree mark wouldn't be surprised to see us fall a degree or two below that Saturday, we start to warm it up a little bit with sunny conditions, but 
when I say warm up, we're still only getting to about the mid-20s for the most part before springing forward, and we start to warm it up going into Sunday back into the low 40s. So that's going to be pretty nice. But right now, we're a far cry from that in Eau Claire. Overcast skies, a few flurries out there, temperature of 23 degrees. I'm Skyward 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. Not bad, Mike. We appreciate it. We appreciate you, Bob. All right, Mike Dandria over at Skywarn 13. Take a look at our weather forecast for us again in the morning. As we said, our weather... On Wax. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings. And as you think about what you're planting in your fields, Chippewa Valley Bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans. Kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm. If you're looking for new opportunities for your farm, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930. That's 715-556-1930. Or visit them at cvbean.com. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And more information is coming our way, courtesy of Miss Morgan in the newsroom this morning. Morning, Morgan. Good morning, Bob. I was in the boss's office, and it's always about January or February, March, I go in and say, what's the possibility of getting a raise this year? Uh-huh. And she says, well, we've got some problems. We just signed Morgan to her contract, and now we got to move some money around. Yeah, right. Kind of like the Aaron Rodgers saga. There are uh, way, way more numbers behind 12 right now as he's <laughs> playing again for the Packers. Isn't that something? $50 million? Yeah, we just wonder what... A uh, year. A year. $200 million total. You asked Michelle if she's going to hyphenate when she goes to Reen Rodgers, <laughs> or if she's going to take his full name now. Yeah. <laughs> I know knows? she's your uh, official uh, Packers chime oh, in there. she gets wild, isn't she, about the Packers? Oh, Absolutely. Boy. Well, specifically... Him, yes. Yeah, that's for sure. I think a lot of people do. I don't well, think Stretch feels very threatened over there. I don't Injury, think he does. no. I don't think so. Well, what's going on? Well, those headlines keep us here in our state. Good morning. And we're going to start uh, pretty locally. Sheriff in St. Croix asking for some help finding a hit and run suspect. Now, it was the sheriff's office that posted this on socials asking for information about a wreck on Sunday near River Falls. What happened is deputies say a hit and run was uh, just south of Radio Road. The driver hit somebody who was trying to cross the street and sped off. If you have any information, you're asked to take that to authorities. You don't need me to remind you that pinch at the pump is a little more painful than usual as gas prices continue to rise. But the Wisconsin connection to that world stage? Well, Governor Evers wants to pause the federal gas tax to try to give you a bit of a break. The governor yesterday joined Democratic governors in five other states to ask the Biden administration to halt the nearly 18 cent federal gas tax. Now, governor Evers doesn't want drivers to have to pay the tax for the rest of the year. Gas prices in Wisconsin up by just over 70 cents in the past month alone. We go to Dane County, where a judge is releasing hundreds of pages of records from the Republican-led elections probe to a watchdog group. It was Judge Frank Remington that went gavel down and said there was no reason Mike Gableman could keep those a secret. I read them forward and backward, up, down, and back and forth. And based on my knowledge, training, and experience, there's nothing here. Remington says many of the files were already available to the public, and there's no reason that Gableman or Assembly Speaker Robin Voss should have withheld them. Some examples of what the files are, well, there were some emails between the My Pillow guy, the CEO Mike Lindell, and Gableman. Also, some complaints that multiple celebrities helped steal that 2020 election. Well, if you follow Wisconsin politics, then you may recognize the name as tributes are pouring in for former Wisconsin Lieutenant Governor Margaret Farrow. She passed away at the age of 87. She was a lawmaker before she was tapped to take over 
over as lieutenant governor. This was in 2001 when the governor, Tommy Thompson, had left to work the second Bush administration. She was the first woman to serve as lieutenant governor in our state and being remembered as the grand lady of Wisconsin politics. Funeral arrangements for her are pending. And from here in our local 715newsroom.com, I'm Morgan McCarthy. And now you, you're up today with Bob Bosold and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Has Governor Evers relaxed the state gas tax? Because that's about 31 cents. Not, No, not as of now. But I know as the prices continue to rise, there are not just Wisconsin, but other states yeah. that are looking at legislation that would maybe at least take that portion of it away for drivers. Um, but it, right now, it's just kind of hurry up and wait. But I would, here in the state, that's, what do you say, the federal gas 18. tax? 18. And is state the is about thirty one. Yeah, Evers, I don't. Can he do that by I don't, gubernatorial document or in declaration, or does he have to go through the legislature it, to do that? It's my hunch that he's not getting a, a lot of uh, traction with the state political level, so he probably joined on that national level to try hmm. to take it there first. Wisconsin politics don't seem extraordinarily friendly at the moment. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well said. Well said. Thank you, ma'am. Anytime, Bob. There goes Morgan in the newsroom taking a look at the news here on WAC. Brought to you by Christensen Sales. Auction schedules online at ChristensenSales.com. Christensen Sales of Abbotsford is going to conduct a big farm machinery auction Monday, March 21st, 11 a.m. It'll be in the Abbotsford area. Doug and Dudley Blair have sold their farm, and they're going to sell all the machinery. Trackers, New Holland and John Deere tractors, hay and forage tools, planting and tillage equipment, like a John Deere 1750 6-row 30-inch corn planter with dry fertilizer attachment, consigned machinery, lots of special items as well. The Doug and Dudley Blair sale Monday, March 21st, 11 a.m. from Christensen Sales of Abbotsford, just northeast of Abbotsford on Blair Road. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We've got news and we've got markets to get to, but on the phone this morning, we've got our trucking buddy, John, who's uh, out of Stratford, but travels the country and checks in with us so usually a couple times a week. Morning, John. How you doing? Morning. Good. Tell me about filling up your truck. How much did it cost you to fill up your truck the last time you did it? Last time I filled up was this short of seven hundred dollars. It was six hundred ninety-five bucks. I had to fill up, and that was only a half a tank for my truck. Wow! And that was—did you fill up here in Wisconsin? Yeah, quick trip. Oh my goodness! Well, I—I I don't care where you fill up; it's going to be expensive, man. What's the most expensive gas you've seen in your travels around the country? The highest place I paid out was over California at Loves, and that was over $895. Oh, man. Stay out of California. Now, it's hard to do that because we go all over. I know you do. Well, wherever you're headed, uh, do it safely, John. Thanks for checking in. Yep. There he goes. That's John, our trucking buddy, who, <laughs> again, wow, California cost him $895 to fill up. That's a lot of cash. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. You know, one of the things I didn't share in that little story about going to Austria and Germany, Bavaria this summer, we're also going to go to Hitler's Eagle's Nest, Berchtesgarden. What a spot. And if you're not familiar with Hitler's Eagle's Nest or Berchtesgarden, it's been in the movies and it's quite a sight to see, that's for sure. So that's part of our trip as well. Hey, Jill, let's get to markets. Where are we going first? We're going to head on over to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona and his Tuesday market. Choice beef steers and heifers, dollar fifteen to dollar thirty-six, top of dollar forty. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, dollar ten to a dollar thirty-six. High yielding choice and 
and prime Holstein steers dollar twenty to a dollar thirty four. We topped at a dollar thirty six. Choice Holstein steers dollar ten to a dollar nineteen. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar nine and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from seventy four to eighty two. With the top of eighty five, sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty nine to seventy three. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from fifty eight and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 85 to $1.05. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 84 and down. Cold bulls sold from 70 to $1 with a top of $1.04. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 70 to $185 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $70 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $280 per head. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held here on March 4th. Three to six hundred pound beef steers, dollar twenty to a dollar ninety. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty seven. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty seven. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar ten to a dollar forty six. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, seventy five to a dollar fifteen. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, seventy to a dollar eight. We are now selling organic cattle on Tuesdays at the Altoona Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is March 18th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to our upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Let's get to more markets at the sale barns to the Stratford Equity Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is up and at him and with us. Good morning, Jerry. Don't forget to set your clock ahead this week. Yeah, Bob, thank you for reminding me. Good morning to you and Jill. We're doing good. Uh, 23 degrees here this morning. A very busy week here at Equity Stratford continues today. So, All right, from well, the tell recap, us about it. I'm going to do that, and we'll get into the recap from yesterday. A very busy day here at Equity Stratford yesterday. And we'll start out with the uh, dairy market yesterday. We had a very excellent herd of cows, very large crowd yesterday. So thank everybody for coming to that. Hope you uh, have good luck with your cows. But a lot of good cows yesterday on that herd. Top-end cows selling mostly from 2,000 to 2,200. A lot of cows over 2,000 in that herd. Um, most of the cows selling from 1,600 to 2,000. But, again, not too many cows under 1,600. A very good offering. And we certainly want to thank the folks for consigning there. So, uh, again, we'll have another herd next week. After more about say that a little bit later. Anyway, a very good dairy sale yesterday. And also, we're on a recap on the hay auction yesterday. Uh, large squares, second and third crop, mostly from 60 to $75 a bale. Depending upon what they are, mostly from thirty to fifty-five dollars a bale. Your small squares, two fifty to three and a quarter a bale. On the market auction yesterday, we sell organic market cows every Tuesday here in Stratford, and good quality, high yielding organics yesterday, ninety-five, ninety-four to one hundred six. Uh, lower yielding organic cows, mostly from eighty to ninety-three. On the conventional market cows yesterday, a steady trend. Cows this week, higher yielding cows selling from seventy-five to eighty-five. Uh, most of your cows selling between 60 and 74. Thinner cows mostly below 60. Bull trade this week, better quality bulls, 85 to a dollar. And lighter bulls below 80. We'll have an update on the fed cattle on tomorrow's report. Most of our fed cattle will be sold today. And speaking about today, another busy day on tap here at Stratford. We start at 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, market auction today, of course. Uh, conventional market cows, fed cattle, as I mentioned, bulls. Hog and goats. As far as that uh, hog sale, we do have a consignment of, consignment of butcher hogs today. So, you folks are looking for some butcher hogs, we'll be getting on those about 11:30. Peter 
cattle sale today, probably about noon, maybe quarter after 12 when we get to that. A lot of feeder cattle today. So you folks are looking for beef cattle. We've got those. We've got a, a very fancy consignment of black and red beef heifers. They're going to weigh about 550. Wean cattle. We've got uh, white park steers and heifers, uh, British white park steers and heifers. You don't find those every day if you're looking for those. A lot of hostings today, so a big feeder sale. Be a noontime start. Our auction tomorrow starts at 11. And like I said, uh, we'll more say about this tomorrow. We have another complete herd dispersal on the next sale, March 15th, next dairy sale, March 15th. 40 cow herd there. Also have another smaller 19 cow herd of Jersey and Jersey Holsteins. So, folks, take a look at our website. A lot of stuff on there. And also, uh, here just uh, next week will be our annual district meeting, March 18th at uh, Country Air Ballroom. So, Bob, a lot of stuff going on. We're busy, so we'll send it right back to you. All right, we'll take it, Jerry. Thank you, uh, Jerry, over there at the Equity Stratford Bar. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, let's take a look at our markets courtesy of Synergy Cooperative. And uh, we're going to do that. But first of all, let's hear from the folks at Synergy Cooperative. When you don't have the right tools for the job, hard work just gets harder. But with an LS tractor from Synergy Cooperative, you'll have the right tool every time. These heavy-duty tractors are loaded with features, providing the quality, capacity, and comfort for you every time. Be ready for spring with a new LS tractor and attachments including tillers, rotary cutters, box blades, and more. Visit Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland to experience the LS difference. Test drive today. Customer owned, community courtesy of Synergy Co-op as we take a look at the markets on the Board of Trade with this Ukrainian situation. Wow, who knows where they're going to go. Overnight, July corn down 4 at 722. The oats up 4 at 589. Wheat down 34 for July at 1161. July soybeans up 26 overnight at 1682. Meal up 760 a ton at 468.20. Country elevator prices. Wheat and grain, Chickapa Falls and Connersville locations. Corn is at six seventy nine and soybeans are at sixteen twenty two. Doomers Grain of Holman and Buck Country Arcadia, corn is six seventy one and beans are sixteen forty four. On the DTN screen, Golden Plump has corn in Arcadia at six fifty seven today. At the elevators at uh, Baldwin Elmwood and Fall Creek, six fifty nine on the corn, sixteen thirty two on the beans. Duran's all civia location, six fifty seven on the corn, sixteen thirty two on the beans. Mondovi six sixty one and sixteen thirty two. Osseo, 664 on the corn, 1632 on the beans. Over to ADM and Stevens Point, soybeans, 1630. Elk Mound, 653 and 1629. Sparta, corn, 671. Beans, 6.